went high. What set him apart, what conveyed a sinister authority, were those wraparound dark glasses. Slowly, carefully, deliberately, he took them off and replaced them with a pair of reading spectacles, which he pushed firmly onto the bridge of his nose. It was as if, thought Pearson, the man had removed a badge of office and adopted the role of literary critic. He seemed almost vulnerable without the opaque shades, a tortoise without its shell. His right eye had a white crescent encroaching on the pupil, the product of years of exposure to the African dust and the continent's harsh sun. He glanced quizzically at the fair-haired passenger in his mid-thirties who was standing before him, and returned to his examination of the grubby notebook, battered by travel, creased by constant referral, and stained by the juice that had leaked from a clutch of mangoes packed for the journey to London. Pearson took a quick look over his shoulder. He was dismayed to see that the queue for the security check was lengthening, and the nearest passengers could hear every word of the exchange. As he sought to explain the lines he had jotted down in the notebooks, his sense of intellectual discomfort grew. "'It's the opening sentence of a novel I'm trying to write,' he said defensively. "'In fact, it is not even my own introduction. "'It's a sort of in-joke by a friend of mine, another journalist. "'He works for the New York Times.' "'It was quite true. "'The two of them had been banding around the sentence for years, "'and Pearson thought it would be fun to use it as the start of a book. "'But as he began his explanation, "'he realised that it seemed juvenile and implausible, "'and his voice tailed off. "'The officer looked at him contemptuously.' Don't lie to me, Mr. Pearson. Be a man. A total man. Never lie. A writer must take responsibility for his own work. This is no damn good. No bloody good at all. On a continent where bad language was rare, the mild expletives shocked Pearson. The officer snapped the notebook shut and placed it back in the holdall. No bloody good at all he repeated, raising his voice and replacing the round-rimmed reading spectacles with his sinister dark glasses. He beckoned the next passenger, who was grinning broadly, enjoying Cecil's discomfiture. The official irritably motioned in the direction of the stairs leading to the airport apron, where the British Airways 747 was waiting to take Pearson and other passengers flying to London from the East African state of Coesha. "'Go!' he ordered. "'Go!' Cecil was about to protest, and then thought the better of it. Picking up his holdall, he walked on and handed over his boarding card at the departure lounge desk. "'Hi there,' said the stewardess, inspecting the ticket. Pearson winced at the studied and spurious informality. Thank goodness only his surname was on the ticket. The day was coming when the use of initials would be a thing of the past. First names would be registered in a computer— and both would then be printed on the boarding card. Hi there was bad enough. Hi there, Cecil, would be the last straw. Such an exchange brought out the young fogey in him. He traced this conservative bent to an early age, when endless teasing about his first name. His father had been a great admirer of Cecil John Rhodes, had encouraged him to grow a thick skin. Yet, for all his irritation, his overwhelming emotion was one of growing relief, 
as he walked the last carpeted yards to safety. Pearson knew he had been foolish, but it had been in a good cause, and he was, thank God, getting away with it. He turned left as he boarded the plane and headed for the business class section. Before he sat down, he removed the cassette from his jacket pocket and took the tiny tape recorder and earphones out of his holdall. If the contents were as revealing as he suspected, his career was about to get a huge boost. It could well be the splash, the paper's top story. He toyed with possible headlines. Koisha's leader forced to pull out of poll. It would surely put him in the running for the foreign correspondent of the year. He played with the magic words, award-winning journalist. Perhaps there was a book in it. But first he had to check that the tape was audible.